Good morning. Whether you're joining us over the live stream on public television or here at the church, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. I am Chris Jimerson, one of your co-lead ministers here at the church. My pronouns are he, him. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I want to welcome you, especially this morning, if you are one of our visitors. We're so glad that you're here. And I'm the Reverend Michelle LaGrave, your co-lead interim minister. She, her. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, wherever you find yourself on your life's journey, whichever your pronouns Whether you've walked in, or rolled in, or dialed in, whomever you love, you are welcome here. You belong here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. It's in this tradition, this living tradition, that I invite you to greet the holy among us either in the comments or by turning to those around you. Good morning. I'm Eric Hepburn, community lay minister, pronouns he, him, and I'll be your lay leader this morning. Please join me in the words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship this morning comes from Lifting Our Voices, number 108, by David Blanchard. Do more than simply keep the promises made in your vow. Do something more. Keep promising. As time passes, keep promising new things, deeper things, vaster things, yet unimagined things. Promises that will be needed to fill the expanses of time and love. Keep promising. One of the things that binds First UU together as a religious community is that the congregation has a common purpose. For First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is the mission. The congregation created it together and put it up on the wall in the sanctuary in big, beautiful letters. Every Sunday we say it together out loud, so that we all may carry it with us in our hearts and in our minds over the week to come. Let us say it together now. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Now is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. We breathe together. 
and breathing together, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, a place where we hold sacred our relationships and the promises we make to one another. Dwelling in that spark of the divine within each of us. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of that silence in this congregation. Breathe in, breathe out, feeling the loving presence of those all around us. We now enter into that time of sacred silence together. In a moment when the music begins, I invite you to light candles, candles of sorrow, joy, remembrance, hope. As we light our candles, let us be extremely grateful that Karen Cleary's heart surgery on September 5 went well. Let us continue to hold Karen, her husband Michael, and their son Evan in our hearts as she recovers from the surgery. Let us also hold Mike Harris, who has completed his heart procedures and will now have back surgery September 14th. He is grateful to all the members of this church for their support. He'll be homebound for two weeks, so please keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And also keep in our hearts and prayers Laura J.M., who was killed in the shooting at a tea room in the Arboretum recently and who was connected with folks in this religious community. I now invite you to light candles and when the music comes to an end, to maintain the meditative silence.
Our reading this morning comes from Lifting Our Voices, number 112, by Beverly and David Bumbaugh. Our church exists to proclaim the gospel that each human being is infinitely precious. That the meaning of our lives lies hidden in our interactions with each other. We wish to be a church where we encounter each other with wonder, appreciation, and expectation. Where we call out of each other strengths, wisdom, and compassion that we never knew we had. This morning and next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the concept of covenant within Unitarian Universalism because it is so central to how we do religion. As a religion without a creed, a set of beliefs that we all have to agree to and sign on to, relationship is the way that we do religion, and covenant is a way that we hold our relationships in a way that's holy, in a way that is healthy. So today we're going to focus on the covenantal relationship between the two of us as co-lead ministers during this interim year, as well as the covenant between the church and our interim minister, Michelle. And we thought today we would do that as a, as a conversation. Michelle, I feel like we should have potted plants and cheesy theme music to do this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, a fireplace. Exactly. So So, my favorite definition of covenant that I've ever heard is that a covenant is a set of sacred promises that we make to one another about how we will be together in the ways of love and how we will bring more of that love into the world. And I think those promises, we normally write them down, also provide us with guideposts for how we're going to be in relationship with one another and how we get back into right relationship with one another when we inevitably fail because we're human beings. Sometimes we don't live up to the promises that we make. So um, going back to ancient roots and cultural traditions during the uh, time of the Hebrew scriptures is basically what I was saying. And um, for me, covenant still has that element of the holy or the sacred or the divine as witness to the agreements that we make between each other. It makes it um, more special than a regular old promise, I guess. (laughs) I also love um, that it really places the importance on our relationship, not on what we believe. We don't have to believe alike. But we are in relationship together, and we agree about how we are together. And uh, that is holy in and of self as well. Thanks. Next week, we'll be talking about our overall church covenant with each other also. By the way, if you see me checking my watch, I'm not being out of covenant. I told Michelle I would keep an eye on the time for us. (laughs) He's in charge of the time. (laughs) Michelle, we've agreed that in this year of interim ministry that we will do it as co-lead ministers. And you and I have talked a bit about how we like that and the advantages it might have for us as ministers. I've wondered, what advantages do you see for the church of us doing that? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as the as I am the interim, part of my role is to be a mirror for the congregation or to hold up a mirror to the congregation. And I reflect to all of you what it is that I see and wonder about and am curious about. And um, in our position as co-lead ministers, we can do that for each other. There aren't any... Um, power dynamics that get in the way of that, but we are able to mutually reflect. Um, And as our reading suggested this morning, that we can call out of each other. We can call out our strengths, our wisdom, our compassion, and so, so much more. I just love the theology of that phrase, calling out of each other. That is something that, as an entire religious community, faith community, I hope that we all call the best out of each other all the time, or as much of the time as possible, because we're getting rid of that idea of perfection. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it's in that calling out of each other um, that we are actually honoring each other, and we are honoring the wisdom that is found deep inside of each of us or maybe flows through each of us from perhaps another source. Thanks. I I love that. And I think of, because of all that you just said, that each of us as ministers learn because of that relationship and that calling out of each other. And each of our ministries are better for it. And therefore, our ministries here in the church are better for it. And I also think You know, all ministers have different challenges and strengths, things we do better and enjoy more, things we prefer, uh, and things we don't prefer so much. For instance, I love communal worship, rites of passage, rituals, as well as more individual one-on-one spiritual encounters. Yep. And if it involves art supplies, I'm in. (laughs) That is a great example of where I am challenged because for me, if there's glitter and construction paper involved, I'm just going to make a great big mess. Or maybe a big beautiful mess. A beautiful mess. (laughs) But I didn't say anything about not making a mess. (laughs) That's right. So, and I... I think it gives the congregation a chance to experience how different ministers have different styles, and and that's okay. It shows the difference between style and substance. I remember when I was in seminary, we had a preaching class with Bill Schultz, and we were all a little intimidated because you you may know Bill Schultz was president of the UUA and then president of the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee. He worked with Amnesty International. I've seen him on, you know, CNN. So we were a little intimidated. And I had a good friend of mine that was in the class with me from Virginia, and she spoke like she was from Virginia. I think for effect sometimes. Um, and she was she was pretty tough. She was a longtime social activist. And Bill was telling us to think of preaching as there are all of these brilliant spiritual balloons all around us. And our job as a preacher is to reach up and lower those balloons down so that people notice them. And my friend says, you know, sometimes I just want to pop those balloons. Can I just pop some of those balloons? (laughs) And Bill smiled and said, 
Slowly lower the balloons, pop them, throw darts at them from the pulpit. Just make sure that folks notice the balloons. <laughs> so can I assume that some of those balloons have glitter inside and when we <laughs> pop them, it just showers us in this great, big, beautiful shower of glitter? Absolutely. There's a <laughs> theologian that says that God is in the messiness, so I think it's great to have glittery messiness. So. <laughs> Yeah, so seriously, um, though, style versus substance, that's a really important distinction for all of us to keep in mind. Style is not so important. Substance is pretty critical in terms of what you want from a minister or a ministry team. Um, And it's also important, I think, to remember that even within one minister, style can change and vary I remember when I was just beginning out as a minister, I was so nervous about preaching. I felt like I had to have every word written out every time. And I i mean, I tried to make it so it didn't look like I was reading the sermon, but I had a text, a full text in front of me. And then, this was in Massachusetts, I went out to um, the compost pile in the middle of winter one day, <laughs> in my Crocs, bad idea, (laughs) slid in the slush and broke my arm, and I was not able to type, (laughs) but still had to preach. And that is what forced me into learning about how to preach just from notes or from an outline. And it's an area of growth I probably never would have uh, moved into so early on if I hadn't been forced into it. And so now, probably about 50% of the time, I have a text, and the other 50%, I just have an outline or notes or some quotes written out to make sure I remember those word for word. (laughs) But um, it really allows me the freedom to do or use whatever it is that the message itself calls for. Great. Another thing I'd like to point out that I think is true for us is that as an interim minister who has worked in many, many, many congregations, I'd have to stop to think to count them um, and seen many different practices and ways of being and doing in community. And um, for you who has been here for a number of years as a, as a, minister, um, I have the ability to bring in some fresh new perspectives, and you have the history, the stories behind the how and why things are done, and the two of those together is a pretty powerful combination. So, in terms of covenant, because this is what this is all about. What are the commitments we want to make to one another? What can I do to make this better for you? So I would say, first of all, I, I will be honest with you, and I would ask that you be honest with me, even sometimes if it's hard or difficult, even when it's challenging. And I loved what you were talking about earlier also. When I can do better, please call me to it. I love that idea. Call it out of you. Yes. Because it's already there. It's already part of you. 
I would ask that you be honest with me about your own needs and preferences, abilities, strengths, challenges, and to honor who I am in terms of my own needs, preferences, abilities, strengths, challenges, all of it. On a practical level, that might mean um, marching in the streets. (laughs) (laughs) Moving heavy boxes, (laughs) Um, but seriously, it might be. It might mean things like being flexible with me, Um, flexible with time. Such if I were to be matched with another service dog and need to go away for a little while on pretty short notice, Um, things like that. (laughs) I hope that happens. In the meantime, I'll continue to bring Louisa for visits. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Um, I think one of the other things that I would ask and that I actually cherish is when we can talk together, when we can think together, when we can make decisions together, because I've found that when we do that, we come up with more creative solutions than either one of us might have started with. So that dialogue when we're trying to think through things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's already true and will continue to be true. And I hope that we can promise each other that we'll keep our senses of humor and um, keep on laughing together. Absolutely. And as our reading said earlier, keep promising. Keep promising new things, deeper things, vaster things, yet unimagined things. So now let's get practical. How would you see this all working on a day-to-day basis? Well, I think that it would be great if we each had areas of primary responsibility um, as well as areas of shared responsibility so that both we and the congregation uh, can plan, can know who to go to, know um, how to focus uh, our time and energy um, while also knowing that we'll each need to be able to know what's going on in the big picture and be prepared to back each other up. So, for example, um, I think it's important that I take on anything that is search or transition related, and you already have a deeper knowledge of church finances, including the budget and stewardship. Yeah. I think that's great, and and I think, as you said, there will also be things where we can share the leadership. So, for instance, I'm thinking about um, already our director-level staff, so our director of lifespan religious education, our director of music, our executive director are meeting with both of us and reporting to both of us. So I used to meet with them once a week. Now we both meet with them once a week, and I think that's working out great. Yeah, and then once one of us is on leave or the other, there's still the other to meet with each of us, yeah. each of the uh, uh, main staff people. I think um, we'd also want to share pastoral care. And in that way, I think it would work out beautifully. We can encourage folks to approach whomever they feel more comfortable with. Um, though we'd still fill each other in on the broad strokes of what's going on, um, especially if one of us won't be available or is on lead, we'll, we'll need to know. But um, 
Other than that, what else are you interested in? Well, you know, the church has a lot of ministry teams, so I think we'll need to think about which of us works most closely with some of those, or maybe we'll both work with some of them. So I'm thinking already the first UU Cares team, it sort of has naturally been me that's been working with them, the healthy relationships team. On the other hand, it, it seems natural for you to work with the welcoming and membership committee and the new accessibility committee, for example. So who works with which team we may work out over time and, and let people know, but I think that will sort of naturally work itself out. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, how about we try splitting social justice and anti-oppression work between internal and external? So as an interim, I love doing the internal anti-oppression work um, of cultural change. That's really important to me. But I know you love doing social justice work, too. So maybe you could focus on the going outside and doing some of the stuff that's not so easy for me to do, like marching in the streets and hanging out at the Capitol all day and things like that. Sure. I love causing trouble at the Capitol, so I'd be happy (laughs) to do that. And the marches. I love doing vigils, that sort of external work. Um, Mm -hmm. And also our interfaith work with other religious groups that often happens outside the church. I would love doing that. And you also have those relationships with people, so that won't um, impact them with a temporary change in leadership. Right. So what else should we be thinking about? You know, there's so much, and it will develop over time. And so I think for right now, one of the things we need to let folks know is it's okay just to bring it to both of us for now if you're not sure which of us is the primary contact. Um, We have an email address that goes to both of us. It's just ministers at austinuu.org. It is working now. I know some of you had some problems with it when we first put it together, but it is working now. Um, If you just send to that email address, the two of us will talk about it, and one of us will get back to you just as soon as possible. So if in doubt, just email us both. Sounds good. So um, this covenant is something that we're going to keep working on between the two of us, and it's one that will eventually take written form and can be shared if anybody wants to be able to see it or read it, and we'll definitely share it with the board folks. Um, and as the year goes on and we'll keep revisiting it whenever needed, if it seems like there's something we hadn't thought through all the way, we can come back to it just in the same way that all of the other covenants we have together have worked. I hope by us sharing with you some of our process, which actually really does mirror pretty closely some of the conversations we've actually had, um, you can see that we are both similar in some pretty important ways. We both have theologies of co-creation. We both have process theologies. We both love to be creative. We both love to be collaborative. We both believe in the value of covenant in our living tradition. So now, (laughs) what we're going to do is I'm going to invite uh, Gretchen up, who is your president-elect. And we are going to enter into a covenant between the congregation and staff and also the community, representing the community as a whole, and me as your interim minister. 
Will you all please rise in body or spirit and enter into this covenant together with the Reverend Michelle Legrave, our interim minister? We welcome you as our partner in in ministry this interim year as the threshold of our brief journey together. We will use our hands and hearts, our vision and voices, to help and not to harm this beloved community through this time of transition. I, too, will use my hands and heart, my vision and voice, to help and not to hurt this beloved community through this time of transition. We will share our portions of truth with you and will listen deeply to what you say, that we may grow in understanding. I, too, will share my portions of truth with you and listen deeply to what you have to say, that I may grow in understanding. We will dare to disagree agreeably with you, to dream what we may become, and to venture down some untried paths as we make ready for new ministry in this church. I will dare to speak hard truths to you as best as I can discern them, to hold up a mirror so that you can see your past and present more clearly, and to make some empty space here for the new to enter in. In this brief and precious time, May we be a blessing to each other, and may we be a blessing to the world. Please join me in saying the words to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Once again, we have come together in worship. We have held up what we have found to be worthy. Love, justice, common purpose, right relationship, beloved beloved community. community. May these be ours now and in all our days to come. Go in peace. Amen and blessed be. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.